Hello everyone, just a little disclaimer. The following episode, you're gonna notice my audio levels aren't right, and that's because my microphone was not working for the first portion of the podcast. So I hope it doesn't annoy you too much. I'm gonna try to mess with the levels the best I can, but anyway, that's just a brief disclaimer. Hey everyone, this is Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. Baby Lou is in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 32. Saturday night, we got the Coors Edges at Thank you. 45 calories. Cheers. The unofficial sponsor of this Family Tree. Oh my gosh. And this, this is a real episode. A real, a real episode from quarantine, and oh my gosh, this Coors Edge is delicious. We do need to get them to sponsor us. I haven't seen them do a commercial. I think I have seen a, a commercial, and in it, there's a guy, and he's kind of like daring a cop to give him a ticket for drinking a beer in his car, and the cop comes up and gives him a ticket, but it's because he's parked illegally. Interesting. I think we'd be better faces for it, though. Just a couple, cool couple, young, in quarantine. I don't know. I feel like this guy had a better side profile than me. So well, then we'd put you side. straight on. Yeah, we'd have to angle my face just right. <laughs> <laughs> Could take hours. <laughs> Well, how are you doing tonight, Shane? I'm doing good. I like I like Saturdays. I like doing a long one. How do you like having a long one? Oh. <laughs> well, <clears throat> uh, no, I'm doing real good. Love having a long one. And it's been a nice Saturday, a little rainy in Canada, but warming up tomorrow, it's going to be seven degrees, 17 degrees Celsius. So I am so fired up for that. Even though it's probably going to be rainy in the morning, we have a nice porch. Is that what you call it? A yeah, a porch. We have a nice porch to watch the rain and have a coffee on. <laughs> and judge people walking by for uh, getting too close to each other on the sidewalks. But okay, so I have some topics to discuss at the top. <laughs> all right, let's hear them. Tiger King. Tiger King. All right. What are your thoughts on that? We don't watch much TV, uh, folks, because we honestly don't have much time. So we watch one show before we go to bed. We finish the Tiger King series. Obsessed. Well, you are one of the worst people to watch a show with of all time. You have to know that. I'm sleepy. Right. Point is, I know a show is good when it sucks you into its tractor beam. Mm. And this show did. And I think... Tiger King should be watched by all. Not not that it hasn't already been watched by all. Yeah. I uh, I really love all the memes I've been seeing. The Tiger King memes since. So that has prolonged my enjoyment of the show. Because everybody's talking about it right now. So I will give fair warning to the fans. Like, you... It is sad in some regards. Fair, fair warning to which fans? <laughs> Ours. Ours. I love that. <laughs> I love saying fans and followers. Something feels so like icky about it. I know. I don't know what I don't know what <laughs> listeners, but then yeah, you know, listeners I like. So fair warning to the listeners that uh, you know there were a lot of parts in it that made me uncomfortable in regards to animal abuse and things. But it's not like you know something that PETA would put out. It's not like one of those PETA films showing animal abuse. It's more uh, something you'd see in a zoo or something like that. But it's so worth watching, and the story just takes you on a crazy journey. The characters are insane. And there's to say there's twists and turns in this would be an understatement. Like, what an incredible show just to keep dangling that carrot. Well, it's just fascinating how they were able to capture so much footage. But 
you guys got to see it. Please watch Tiger King. Please message me about it because I'm so happy to talk about it. Oh, there are so many people from that documentary. I would love to see go down in real life. Like, I want to be a part of taking them down. Who do you want? Doc Antle? All those guys. The Jeff Lowe, Doc Antle. Doc Antle especially. Actually, no. Him and Jeff Lowe I want taken down personally at the same time. I just want to, like, karate chop them dead. Both of them. Were you surprised to learn that Doc Antle was such a ladies' man? I was surprised to learn that any one of those people in that documentary has ever been laid. These guys got women. Oh, sorry. (laughs) They got people. (laughs) Joe Exotic is the main character of this. He's gay. He's gay and proud of it. And he he even like will like shoot some of his videos and I'll be like, "Uh, Hi, I'm Joe Exotic and I'm gay as a $3 bill. Which is great. Too bad he's such a crappy guy outside of that because... uh, See, I think he's got layers to him and he's he's complicated. (sighs) He's psychotic. I don't know. I think he's just, he probably had a crazy childhood. He started, well, Well, like. he talks about his childhood. Yeah. The people you can just watch. (laughs) (laughs) We could do a Tiger King live later on this week. So if you all watch, binge watch Tiger King in the next couple days, Shane and I will do a Tiger King live where we just chat with you guys about Tiger King. And instead of a mini pod on Thursday, we'll do a Tiger King live. I think we're I think we're not good at it, but I think we're decent at live. We can keep a conversation flowing. So we're going to talk about Tiger King on Thursday. Oh, we could talk about Tiger King for a little bit. Stay tuned to see if that <laughs> actually happens. Okay, so another thing I wanted to talk about is 30 chocolate bars. You know what? The only other time Shane and I went through chocolate bars this quickly was after the Raptors championship win. We were at the parade, and it was like a massive parade. There were millions of people in Toronto. It was so crazy to be at. And when we were finding our bus home, we there was this truck parked on the side of the road, and we see a guy walking by us with like three cases of Snickers bars. And there's 98 Snickers bars in a case. So we're just like, hey, man, where'd you get that? Not really expecting anything to come of it. And he goes, just ask the white truck. So we went down to the white truck, and they gave us what, two cases of Snickers? Two cases of Snickers and... Juicy uh, fruit. Two packs of... No, two cases. cases of juicy fruit. So we had... What's a 98 plus 98? Uh, 196. Is it? We've established on this podcast before that uh, math makes my brain hurt. Okay, well, don't drag me into it. I said my brain. The second I hear math, I freeze. <laughs> point is we got a lot of chocolate bars and we were averaging half a chocolate bar a day for each half yeah so one chocolate bar full because we'd each eat half which is respectable i think yes so we did that for what three months longer than that we did it for a while folks and it was delicious but i think we did it so well because we only had that half each and it was such a nice little treat to take after work or something like that now i think we are we started off overdoing it a little bit. So now, can you help me get back on track with my diet? Yes. And actually, I was hoping we could talk about things like that because uh, we went for a little run around a park today. And I tried to see what it was like jogging because the baby is sitting so low and I'm having a lot of problems with that. Uh, I wanted to see if I'd be able to maintain a steady pace. 
And I mean, my pace is slow and I feel like I'm carrying so, so much, which I am, but it doesn't feel as good and as natural as it used to. But running around today, honestly, it was, even though I was going 0.5 miles an hour, it felt so good. You were like the flash out there. (laughs) Mainly because you were wearing a trench coat and had the uh, top on underneath. No, it was, uh, it felt good. And I'm going to try to do it. Oh, I get it. Do like a 20 minute thing outside every day until we're not allowed outside anymore. (laughs) That's not very optimistic. Well, then I could do it in the backyard. Just run circles. Let's hope it doesn't get to the point where we're not allowed outside anymore. No. Well, Italy. Mamma mia. Um, Toe Jam and Earl's back in our lives. Toe Jam and Earl. So the video game, which we truly love, uh, is back in our lives. We've been playing it lots. Fourteen ninety nine or twelve ninety nine, one of those, and you get it on PlayStation, and it has given us months of entertainment. And they constantly nowadays, like when I was a kid, if you got a Sega cartridge, you're just locked into that game forever. Mm. They updated on the fly, add little improvements, add levels. Like when we first started playing, there was 25 levels. Now, there's thousands of levels. Yeah. So it's pretty insane uh, the bang for your buck you get. It's so good for people who aren't video game people. I'm not a video game person, and I have so much fun playing it. Yeah, because it's an exploratory, like, Yeah, it's impossible not to get sucked in once you figure out how to play. And like you were saying, it's happy. So happy. The music is happy. The characters are happy. There's goofy little aliens. And it's a non-violent game. Like, you can yeah. you can kill people, but really you're just popping them. Yeah, you're throwing tomatoes at them until they pop, and that's it. Because I wanted to get into, before this COVID business happened, a game called Golden Axe 3. And that is a game where kind of skeletons come back to life, and they chase you around, and you, you kill them, and it's kind of like medieval times. But we just couldn't bring ourselves to play such a an unfriendly, apocalyptic-style <laughs> game. So now we're back on TJ&E, and I'm loving it, minus the fact that you are terrible all of a sudden. Okay, because we've taken a long break. I'll oh, be fine. So I'll be fine. Yeah, but in no time, I'm going to be better than you, just like I was when we beat 1,000 levels. All right, well, what do you got? I came in here packing heat with all these fun topics for our fans. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, the one topic I want to talk about is not as fun... Uh-oh. But uh, the ner- there's a nurse at the high-risk children's hospital that I go to for my appointments who was just diagnosed with COVID-19. How'd she get the test? What do you mean? I thought these tests are hard to come by. How does she know she has it? She got diagnosed with it. She was sick and then she took the test. Oh, so so they're not that hard to get? Like if you present symptoms, they'll test? Yeah, of course. We have two testing centers in Hamilton. So if you are presenting enough symptoms, they will test you. And then the results take five plus days usually about seven days so she was tested what freaks me out because she was a nurse and i haven't had to see any nurses yet because i'm just dealing with technicians for uh, echocardiograms and ultrasounds and then cardiologists so and then my doctor so i haven't i haven't dealt with any nurses however it's scary because they socialize like you would at work right you're working in close quarters with people and if she has it at that hospital, who the heck else has it at that hospital? Who the heck else did she see in that time where she was, you know, carrying asymptomatic, 
until it started to present. So that freaks me out. And I caused a big stink last week over being able to wear a mask and everybody that had to treat me had to wear a mask. And I'm so glad I did be like since finding this out because it's really, really scary. Do you know anybody that has been diagnosed like through friends or a friend of a friend? No, I, I know that the McDonald's person who had COVID lied about it. That was interesting. Have we not talked about that on here yet? No. Oh, fascinating. Okay, so a McDonald's was shut down in our city, Hamilton, because one of the workers had COVID-19, was diagnosed. Uh, And then it came out two days ago that the 18-year-old girl who said she had COVID-19 did not have it and just gave her manager a faked doctor's note. So they shut down the store for three days. They sanitized everything. Everybody that she had been in contact with had to go into quarantine. And it was this huge issue. And then the police got a hot tip, probably from, I'd say, a parent or like a friend who didn't find that funny. And she's getting charged. Dang. Big charges laid, I know. But apparently she did it to get time off work. Like my friend's little sister is the same age as her Mm -hmm. and knows her through people she goes to school with. And said that she did it to get time off of work. I was dumb like that too. I'd kill my kid. No, my parents didn't have a close eye on me. Ugh. I was able to squirm around and get up to scams. Yeah, I'd kill you if I was your parent. Well, the the, the key is, if you're a scammer, don't let anyone find out. <laughs> well, this kid could learn a lesson or two from you then. Yeah, but it's it's best not to be a scammer. Of course it's not. Would you get real pissed at Lucy if she was a scammer? Of course, because I'm a normal adult now. When <laughs> 18 year olds, their brains are not fully developed. Oh, absolutely. I feel like my brain was fully developed maybe when I was 32-ish. So the year before you and I met? Okay, maybe 33-ish. It's, what, 34 might be. Yeah. 34 probably. I feel now I'm good though. Yeah, now your brain might be more developed. So maybe what, when Lucy came, 35? Yes. Well, Lucy was born on my 35th birthday. So as Lucy passed through the vagina threshold, your brain, that medulla oblongata, finally finished building itself. (laughs) I'm making myself laugh. (laughs) All right, Shane. So I'm going to get to a couple questions right now. Don't we do that at the end? Yeah, of course. But I was just wondering if I should uh, get to one now because there was one that had to kind of deal with this that we were talking about That's with right. nurses in the hospital. Hit it. Okay, so one listener asks, can you talk about how nurses currently can't wear N95 masks in hospitals now? I hope you can talk about that because I have no <laughs> clue what an N95 mask is. Those, those are the perfectly sterile, tight to your face best in PPE that you can get. Oh, yeah. Let me talk about that. (laughs) No, take it away, Alex. So there's a huge shortage of masks, not just in Hamilton hospitals, but all over the world, as we know. And in Hamilton hospitals, they have told nurses and doctors that they're not allowed to wear masks unless they're in a situation which they are in danger or the patient is at risk. So in my situation, because I'm immunocompromised, I get a mask and my technicians, my doctors, and my nurses all have to wear masks. However, if you were to go into the hospital, they wouldn't wear masks around you and you could possibly be an asymptomatic carrier of COVID. So all the nurses and doctors in the city right now are being put at a ton of risk. 
because they there's they're not allowed to wear protective gear unless the patient is presenting and is diagnosed so it's really hard and I mean look like the nurses at McMaster where I'm going for all my care as a high-risk pregnant woman not wearing masks and now one nurse so far is diagnosed there that is a center like McMaster is a hospital for kids with cancer kids in the NICU just you know it's a children's hospital so they have high risk and very sick children there and it makes me so scared to think that there's kids going in for chemotherapy and now there's possibly COVID going around that hospital so that makes me so terrified for the kids sake and then for my sake uh the fact that I'll be going in for very necessary appointments in the next couple weeks because they have to monitor the baby because the baby's at risk of lupus complications so this makes me terrified i wonder if we could do a workaround where maybe if we got like an old halloween mask or something and just gave it to you if that would still it sounds funny but it could still (laughs) protect you well it wouldn't why it covers your mouth you just have the eye holes yeah, but if somebody's going to sneeze, and get in the eye holes. Yeah, but with these masks, your eyes are still shown. But here's the thing. For me, it doesn't matter because I'm immunocompromised, so they give me a mask at the front door. But it wouldn't cover your eye holes or your eyeballs. No, but I could wear glasses, protective glasses, I guess. You didn't wear glasses the last time when you were doing I didn't, this. but I also didn't go near anybody. So admit a Freddy Krueger rubberized mask could help. Oh, I guess so. In theory. In theory. I'm just thinking if <laughs> if people need to be crafty and come up with unique ways to yeah. have substitute masks, how, certain Halloween masks I'm sure could do the trick. Could that not be hilarious? Going up to the screening and the security guard right up front of the hospital and telling him about my OB appointment mm-hmm. with Freddy Krueger or the clown from It on my face yeah or like those classic like robber masks like nixon i was just gonna say the president masks i love those ones i'd love to go to the hospital as a nixon that could be hilarious yeah it could be funny that'd be so funny and a unique solution and i think the biggest thing that you're missing here shane Mm -hmm. is that nobody would want to go near me because they'd be like who is that weirdo what are they about to do and they'd be thinking i was some sinister weird person and nobody would come in within like 50 feet of me it's better than your coughing theory oh my gosh we should wear these when we go for walks we walked by those people who got too close to us if we were dressed in halloween masks yeah oh my gosh we need to get masks and me and you and lucy need to wear them whenever we leave the house like to the parks let's do it (gasps) that's genius here cheers Cheers. to that real men of genius okay so tell us a little bit about our first caller all right well our first caller his name is dylan hudecki and the reason i wanted to get him on the show is that he's a guy we've known for a long time uh just from around town from music from our old basketball league on monday nights and he is a teacher at a local montessori school that the guy who runs the basketball league, Tony Evans, is the principal of. Mm-hmm. So although, you know, I'm not going to end up sending Lucy to a Montessori school uh, and I'm going to send her through regular public education. Sorry, not Montessori. <laughs> I do find a lot of merit in what they teach and in how they teach at those schools, especially for times like this in quarantine when we are at home with our kids without academic resources because i believe and i'm not an expert this is what we're going to talk to dill about 
But I believe a lot of the Montessori learning, especially for younger kids, comes from things that you do at home. So it would be a great advantage right now if we knew some of those things. Well, yeah, that's why uh, that's why we got the deal. Perfect. And a lot like Doc Antle would do in a, in a strange way, the deal sent us a bio to read off. He did. Right so. He's a professional. Okay, this is a first for us. And the deal also, he's going to be recording this from his own personal recording studio. This is what, he doesn't do it for a living, obviously, but he is, uh, he records music, so he has all the setup. So if it doesn't sound like he's on the phone with us, it's because, um, it's because he's recording it from his studio. Sorry, I just got this message. Are you looking for the bio? I sent it to you. Yeah. I texted it to you. Okay, so he sent us, I would, not a brief bio, but he did send us a bio that I'm going to read right now. Why are you looking at me like that? No, I'm not. It's, it's legendary and uh, I'm excited to hear it. Okay, so it's titled The Dill. Over the past 20 years, Dylan the Dill Hideki has co-founded the post-rock duo Junior Blue with Broken Social Scene drummer Justin Peroff, toured the world with By Divine Right, fronted the Hamilton Music Award-winning band Cal Lick and High Kites. Oh, oh, it should be an and there, shouldn't it? I don't know. Keep going. And high Kites. And high kites. But most recently, he released his first solo record, Greetings From... The album selects 12 highlights from a whopping 52-song album he released from 2016. And that, in 2016. In 2016. Because I'll piece this together. Okay. But most recently, he released his first solo record, Greetings From. The album selects 12 highlights from a whopping 52-song album he released in 2016. And that came out on streams or in physical form as a download card inside a custom deck of corresponding playing cards with art made by 52 different Canadian artists. By day, Dylan, who is also a father of three, is an MACTE accredited Montessori teacher at Dundas Valley Montessori School. Dylan has been teaching children's ages 3 to 6 in Toronto at DVMS for 13 years. For those that don't know, Montessori method of education was developed by Italian physician Maria Montessori and is a child-centered educational approach based on scientific observations of children. Montessori's method has been used for over 100 years in many parts of the world. All right, so that's quite the intro. And we are... Uh, really appreciating the fact that Dylan's willing to take the time to talk to us, but hey, what else has he got to do, right? <laughs> I, I do want to say, mention the uh, music Hamilton Music Awards winning band Cowlick. I was in one of their music videos. What were you doing in it? Let me guess, uh, washing a car all sudsy wearing Daisy Dukes? Get out of here. I was swimming in a pool. All right. Were you wearing a bathing suit? Bikini. Were there any uh, shots that might make our daughter ashamed? No, 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 no. No, I think it's on YouTube. I'm going to look for it. Okay. Well, let's call the deal. Let's surprise him. Let's get our headphones on.
What is the Dell's number? 905 mm-hmm. 3455 Dill or the Dill? What should we conduct this interview by calling you? <laughs> Uh, you could say the Dill. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm like that's my stage name, and then like my teacher and parent name is just Dylan and Daddy. But uh, are you recording on your end? Because I know we're kind of calling a couple minutes early. Yeah, I, I can uh, press record right now, bro. Do I sound incredible? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Dylan, thank you so much for taking this call tonight. Shane and I are excited to have you. Uh, so we've known each other for a long time, as I was telling listeners, but I know you as a musician and a man about town, not as the Montessori teacher you are. So you've been teaching for how long? Uh, 13 years, actually, this year. I started in uh, 2007 in Toronto at a place called Tattle Creek Montessori, which is at Blue Run Spadina, actually. And... Uh, yeah, and then I got headhunted, so to speak, to Dundas, and we started that school with eight kids. Well, the 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 boss, I guess, the director in two thousand, and now we're at, uh, um, I guess, twenty years later. Geez, uh, we're at two hundred and forty kids, and now we go all the way up to grade twelve. So when someone's getting headhunted, usually it's because they're doing a very good job at their work so how did word get out that you were doing such a good job of being a Montessori teacher and what is that job uh well one of the parents that I was teaching their child their child uh it was their brother who had the school in Dundas and Dundas so Mm -hmm. they just kind of said wait a second this this is the guy you got to get this guy and 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 he then he found out that I was actually from Hamilton so it all worked out that way but Oh, nice. uh, and it's, you know, I live a very charmed life and I, I find, you know, personally, and I, it's it just kind of meant to be that I applied for the Montessori job the, the day someone quit. And then, so I was immediately hired just because of, you know, but that was just a fluke. And then teaching there stumbled me into the Dundas job and, and then so on and so forth. But to be a Montessori teacher is you go to school for it after a teacher's college and you be, there's a Montessori teacher's college you go to and, and you learn the five areas of the curriculum and uh, you either teach CASA, which is three to six, or lower or upper elementary. And they're in groups of three-year age groups. So my age group uh, that I teach uh, is three to six, which is uh, ECE, JK, and SK. But uh, we just call it the CASA age child. So what, because I'm a teacher too, so we can relate on that. However, I am within the public system. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I didn't know much about Montessori at all until I kind of had, until we had Lucy. And then just, you know, through looking online for activities and things, you kind of get connected with it. But what brought you or made you interested in teaching Montessori style? Well, the the philosophy is really interesting, and it's you know it's so child centered, and and you're you're following the child, and it's you know the the children are just dying to develop, right? Zero to six, they're just they're so excited about everything, and they're and they're so interested in their world around them, and they're just trying to figure that out, you know, in real time. 
So, you know, just seeing how the process of the class, which I think you and Shane have to come visit sometime. Mm -hmm. But uh, we watch 24 kids in a giant classroom, all just ticking away, doing their thing. Like some people are painting, some kids are screw driving, some are polishing, some are sewing buttons, some are counting to a thousand, some are multiplying to a thousand. People are outside doing yoga and digging. And like, it's just you're, these children are just are, you know, I, you're just following what they're interested in. And, and uh, you know, you sh obviously I always show them the, the lesson first. And then, you know, if it's telling time, then we take a clock out and we turn the, you know, the hour hands and the minute hands and we kind of manipulate it and, and learn about it. And then they take over and do it with cards, you know, or if we're doing a map of Canada, then we're it's all sensorial based and it's all physical. So we take the actual full, you know, wooden map with beautiful pieces and take out Ontario, take out Saskatchewan and British Columbia and, and do different games with them. So I take one away and I say, okay, which one did I take away? And so they're learning the vocabulary mm -hmm. and they're learning the shape. And um, so much of it is just uh, just different games and, and uh, ways to get them engaged and way to get them interested in and so much of Montessori is uh, purposeful play. Like it's mm -hmm. not just like uh, preschool where it's just full play, you know, and play-based learning. This is, um, it's completely educational, even though it is, they think they're playing, but it's a big ruse. It's a big See, trick. And that's part of the reason <laughs> I was so wanting to get you on the phone. So everything that I've kind of learned, because I don't deal with the younger kids, especially like I'm a high school teacher, uh, I don't know much about how to bring academic learning into the house and make it fun uh right. we do i mean our daughter's still young she's not even two yet but there are a lot of parents right now in quarantine who are going crazy because they're trying to look for ways to keep their kids playing and engaged and busy but mm -hmm. with some kind of educational backbone so i was so curious if you'd be able to give us some tips for maybe a couple different age groups for things that parents could be doing at home with their kids uh yeah of course um well as a parent myself i, I have three children and they're all three different age groups uh 13 10 and 4 uh which is totally insane but uh <laughs> it, 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 that we'd actually <laughs> that we do that to ourselves uh, that's my wife she's just a wonderful a human being and she said let's have a third and I was like uh how about no <laughs> and uh and then she somehow she convinced me I don't know how um but uh yeah so there right now it's really tough in this in this quarantine because it's so we're in such a unprecedented times and mm -hmm. we're you know all of a sudden uh, you know, being you and I are teachers, but all of a sudden, you know, every parent out there, every school is closed. So, you know, all of a sudden you're just thrown into this teaching role and not mm -hmm. everyone is meant to be a teacher and it's not in their, in their makeup and in their skill set. And, um, do you so still find it tough for you, even though you are uniquely qualified, are you still struggling with it? Or are you like, Hey, for me, this is no problem. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. No, I I'm uh, I don't find it that difficult at all, really. But it's it's just time management. But it's uh, I I feel for everyone else because it's yeah. you know you have these you have these kids that are you know you hear about homeschooling when you're you know all the I guess you have to have older children uh, and you're just like how would you homeschool like they hardly listen to me you know to clean their rooms or to you know to come down for dinner on time and all the different th you know all the different things that parents struggle with and now all of a sudden they're gonna 
I'm going to have to, I have no idea where they're at developmentally and academically. And now I'm supposed to be teaching them like, and you know, uh, Doug Ford was giving people like the TVO website to, yeah. to pull from. And it's kind of like, whoa, that's, you know, putting a lot of stock into a website oh, to absolutely. teach all these children. I was, that was like the most ridiculous thing ever. But um, so we're doing a lot of online teaching, like kind of like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We each get uh, 12 kids in groups of four, nine, 10, 11. I'll be teaching four kids at nine. So are you like, doing this with the kids that you work with from Montessori? Sorry, yeah, I'm jumping okay. ahead a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I'm doing our our school is still open now, but it's online right. only. So, um, which is very funny to a Montessorian because yeah. there's absolutely no technology in the class. Uh, like the only technology I have is like a, a, a running fish tank and a, a keyboard for playing music with a set of headphones and a right. and an i and a little iPod that has uh, you know for shuffle for you know music from around the world and different genres of music but yeah so now we're just doing it online which is really intense but yeah sorry again your your question was what tips you could do there's no uh, shortage of pinterest you know super moms and super dads at home uh, giving examples of what to do but you have to kind of go with your skill set and what you what naturally comes to you and if you're the if you're the outdoors uh, type of people that are hiking all the time then then you go for hikes and you you collect you know leaves and and sticks and you come home and you make a nest you try to you look at bird nests and say let's make one ourselves and you know do everything that you can um with them and ha have them be a part of everything as well uh but you know, one of the big things i would say as a tip for three to six year olds especially well i guess two to two to six would mm -hmm. work really well is is uh, something we call in our class, uh, it's a very large component of our class called the practical life area. So that would be everything from, uh, well, some of the examples would be like that uh, you get a tray and a spray bottle and a squeegee. And then, you know, in that tray, there's the squeegee and the spray bottle. And it's just two little things. And you think, well, you know, what is that going to do? But then they, they spray the fridge. They spray and squeegee down the, the your back door windows and your... Um, the any kind of uh, surface that that you see that they could they're interested in you know it might be a bit you have to clean it later but all of a sudden it gives them a purpose and they think they're actually doing good work so wait so um, we we can get lucy cleaning like little orphan annie and it's education oh my gosh oh my gosh huge times they're they're I dying like it's that's we you come into my class and you'll see kids like polishing shoes and washing ch tables washing chairs we just have these areas like so in one little basket will be a brush some a little container of soap a little container of uh, like a sponge and a, and a and a drop cloth and then they it, you know it's it's very meticulous but you take out the drop cloth you take out the your jug and your your sorry your pitcher and your uh, pail and you fill up the pail with water and then you get a brush and you put it in the water and, and make little circles on the ground and then you put some soap on the brush and then all of a sudden you do you do those more and then there's bubbles everywhere and then you know you can just imagine Lucy like interested in all yeah. those little steps right well and she, then you get she little... loves cleaning down the table like if I give her a wet paper towel, she loves wiping the table, the coffee table. But what educational value is there aside from knocking one tour off my list? 
What is she getting sure. out of it? Well, there's a lot of the, you know, you wouldn't think of it, but uh, a lot of fine motor s- skills that will help later for penmanship uh, is all, and even reading, if you could believe it, is all happening when you're doing you know, when you're doing practical life jobs and you're doing them a, a particular way. For example, re- reading and writing is, is left to right, top to bottom. So a lot of the things we do, we, we put down our objects from left to right and in order of how to use them. Um, and then there, so you're doing that from everything from math to to the language area we're doing everything every area we, we always do left to right so they're you know inadvertently even just as simple as that they're getting that that concept but yeah the fine motor the gross motor of like carrying a jug to the sink and having a stool and all those different things you can do that how have them you know even if they're making if they make a giant spill then after you're after they clean up their first job or whatever it is and put it all away then they get um, a mop out and then they clean and they clean up their spill with that or or just a brush and a um, sorry a big sponge in a bucket like mm-hmm. it's kind of you know I could send you some more ideas it's very much uh, things that they are drawn to do and you just have to have the patience and time to kind of set them up and allow them to have it easy and what I was going to suggest too to any parents out there is to have you know you make a little area for them and some people already do have that but you have to think like them you have to like you know go down to their level can, you know can you see the sink you know it's like probably that. really way out of reach uh you know you have we have a little like kind of a step stool that that my little guys turned into we just turned it into a table for him and so you know he can and there's bowls and spoons beside him so and and cups so and another stool so if he wants to get a drink he takes the stool goes to the sink stands up on the stool pours himself a drink turns the water off comes down off the stool brings the you know like yeah. it's just all these different things that you know you're setting them up for success that's a, that's another thing you know, just have a little Melissa and Doug have a lot of these, but they're just a little, it's like a standalone. I um, love their toys. Shelf. Yeah. And it has a, has a mop, it has a broom, it has a brush, it has a dustpan and it's just stays in one spot. It's always there. So it's like, Oh, go get your brush and you know, go get your broom. And then they, you know, they, they sweep the bat, the kitchen and they put the broom back. Okay. Now go get your dustpan. Don't forget. It's the red one. And then they come over and do that and take it to the garbage. It's, you think that it's not educational or, or, or but it's, it's, it all kind of, it all is. It's all working the hands and, and, and really interesting to all these children. And what's the oldest you can be in a Montessori school? Uh, well, there's different schools, like Hillfield goes all the way up to grade 12, but their Montessori stops at uh, grade one. But ours goes, uh, which both of you guys have played basketball at, by the way. Yeah, um, no, that's what we were, uh, <laughs> we were talking about that in our intro. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Well, that was fun playing with you back in the day. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So our, our, ours go that that school that you've been to in Dundas goes to grade six, and then we have a a sister school called Strata that because we just got too big, and that's over near um kind of the old mill in Ancaster. Okay. Uh, near Canterbury Hills, and it's called Strata Montessori, and that's right. a seven eight nine program, and that program is really interesting because they're harvesting bees for for their honey and they're oh, so raising cool. chickens and they're doing so much stuff that's next level and then so, we go to we have a high school too that's called site so everything everything's totally quite different. practical practical hands-on and kind of real world situations is that is that the general yeah of well montessori has five different areas one that's just is math uh language is the other area practical life like i said 
then we have sensorial and culture. Okay. So culture, culture would be anything from geography to studying the you know, indigenous people to geography folders of the world, um, like just pictures of people and places all over the world. And so, uh, but sensorial. But these kids are really sensorial based too. Like right. you know that you you know you show them a flower, they'll want to. You go take them to the florist, and they'll just be. Uh, you know, so enamored with every smell and every taste and what mm-hmm. things look like and what and how many times have you said to her no? If you're trying to make your house into some sort of um, s- school setting, you know, look around your house and make sure that you're not saying no all the time. Right. You know, and if you are, that that means the and if you're saying no, don't touch that, don't touch that, uh, m- move all those things. You know, so why are you making it hard on your child and on yourself? It's just more have than those. just like baby proofing. For safety, it's like if, you know, if they're just getting into stuff, then it's not good for this this quarantine position where we're in, where we want our kids to be learning at home. So we should make our houses more of a, like, a hands-on type place for our kids while they're here with us. Well, yeah, you know, it's not easy for everybody, but what, you know, what you can do uh, is just, yeah, have like a dustpan and brush that's out. Have a yeah. broom, have a, have have sponges, have paper in one section, have the pencil crayons, and have it always go back to the same spot. So every day, if you see them, oh, they just dropped it somewhere and now they're playing with Lego. It's okay, well now, mm. but you haven't put that away first. And you'd have to, you know, the, you have to go to our class to see what it's like. But if you're, the uh, children that you're at Lucy's age and, and, you know, zero to six, they have an extreme sense of order. Uh, and they're always living in the now. So you have to, you know, if they're if you are just strict with where things are going and how where things are kept, then they'll they'll follow suit. You know, especially if you're consistent with it. So um, that's what I would say. It's it's you know it's this is way more of a longer conversation, but it's no, absolutely, um, yeah. No, I I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, so I like. Oh, Oh, sorry. My, my one <laughs> mic stopped working. I don't know how that happened, but uh, we're just sharing a microphone right now. I just had a last question for you. If someone wanted to get a hold of your album, how would they do that? So my yeah, that's a totally different hat, Shane. But yeah, I, well, uh, you you gave us a bio and we read it on air, so people know that you're a bit of a musician, to say the least. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, just the dill.ca if they want to. Uh, learn more about my music. Yeah, just like the, like T-H-E-D-I-L-L dot C-A that has all my stuff on there and videos and info. And um, and then D-V-M-S dot C-A is, uh, was, is our Montessori school, just D-V-M-S, like uh, Dundas Valley Montessori School. And th- there's loads of uh, resources there that you could tap into. But uh, but yeah, thanks very much for That's calling. That's amazing. And Del, before you go, which... Uh, music video was I in for Cowlick and is it still on YouTube for me to check out? I know, isn't that great? Yeah, um, that was. <laughs> I think that was even before I met Shane. Yeah, Alex was. But that a, was, it, it was so a, long ago. Yeah, at Brody's it was. house. It was, a, it oh, was wow. Brody. Yeah, Brody Schwindeman, and uh, he doesn't even live there anymore. But uh, yeah, we had an underwater. I, I rented a underwater camera for the day and just invited people over and said, "Hey, we're gonna shoot an underwater, you know, video with everyone just having a great time at a at a pool party." And uh, we put it up. Yeah, it's called uh, Instant Turbo Blues. And uh, do you Instant want me to... Instant Turbo Blues? Yeah, that was the song by Cowlick. Yeah, do you want me to just send you the link? Uh, yeah. Because I, I also have a great link that we sh- that um, 
my friend Lindsay Palmer took stop motion of her child in our Montessori class, and it's it's a five minute video. It's stop motion of a three hour three hours condensed into condensed into into five minutes. Oh, it's amazing! Um, and and it's it's called a Montessori morning, and it makes people weep. It's it's gone viral. It's over a million views all over wow. the world, and it's sh- it's shared from you know so many different Montessori schools because there's no there's no talking. It's just a song underneath, and it's just a child going from job to job to job and then eventually you know setting tables and having lunch and then clearing all the lunch and getting getting themselves dressed and going outside and it's just this beautiful beautiful um kind of time-lapsed uh, morning and it just you know makes you want to be a kid again and be in in our school but we would uh, yeah dylan we would love to have that i'd love to show uh the listeners what that looks like so send it on my way but again it was so great having you on tonight thank you so much for joining us you're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck to all you parents out there. Take it easy on yourselves. I know it's not easy. You guys too. Stay safe, eh? All right. Okay, you too. <laughs> Bye, Dale. Bye. Ciao, guys. All right, so the microphone is working now. I apologize for that uh, technical issue. It actually was human error, and that human was me. Are, have you ever uh, made an error like this when recording an episode before? Well, with Mike on Much, we've done so many screwed up things like episodes we've done whole episodes that didn't record and oh i know the, that the yeah. chip has been damaged or yeah one microphone wasn't like everything happens when you do a podcast like at least once especially if you've done like over a hundred the, the more you do it the less precautions you yeah. do beforehand like you know you're not having the headphones on and doing tests because you've done it a million times right it's like you're more likely to get injured in a shop if you're the teacher rather mm-hmm. than the student because the students really triple check things yep no i like that uh what do you think shane about what dill was talking about it's like the montessori methods of you know having your kid do tasks like we've talked about this before we had a montessori person and they were talking about polishing and kids polish at the he schools. was talking about that also. oh i know so that's what i'm saying what do you think about having kids doing things like that and like giving lucy tasks like that i'm fine with it um uh, when he was uh, when i asked him how old it goes up to what did he say grade 12 so, so you just choose whatever you want to do up to grade 12 i guess so did were you because i had to run and get a new microphone yeah <laughs> so i didn't hear any of that did, did yeah you... so you you choose generally what you're interested in and then you follow that path and this is this is what where... if you're a bad egg though in in what and you don't want to do anything yeah you're kind of a lazy ass and you just i'm not sure how they handle that you and... didn't ask him that no, because I want to keep it. I want to keep it based on what uh, young kids can do during this time of quarantine. And like honestly, we need a total Montessori expert because I have so many questions about those schools and about the function of letting kids only do what they like to do. Because uh, I think obviously there's a lot of benefit in educating kids in a holistic way and you know encouraging them to do things and putting them in classes that they might not be strong in so that they can at least learn the fundamentals so that's a different episode entirely this one i just kind of want to talk about activities and ways we can engage our kids while being at home while keeping it you know but just for listeners too we can ask interesting questions yeah absolutely different episode who's our next caller all right so our next caller is Sam Kelly World. I came across her podcast a couple or her Instagram page a couple months ago through recommendations I was asking people for. 
and I found her page and couldn't believe that I hadn't stumbled across it sooner. She's so full of great ideas, always posting great content that you could use in real life and it's so exciting and she's now in this quarantine period releasing a class for homeschooling parents now that we're all thrown in this position on Monday. So she's only written it I think in the last week and put this course together and it'll be released on Monday. It's called Wonder School. So I'm really excited to get her on the phone about that. All right. Without further ado. Hello. Hey, this is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is wonderful. So I was just giving a bit of an intro about how I kind of stumbled across your page. Uh, somebody a few uh-huh. months ago recommended your page to me and I was saying that I couldn't believe I hadn't found it before then because you post so much great, useful, real-life content. And as far as Instagram goes and as far as all the crap that you can find on it, I appreciate your page so much. Thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Yeah. So can you give us an idea like when you started or how you started it? Because, or Sorry, why you started it? Because I, I am a more recent follower so I haven't been with you for the majority of your journey sure yeah so I um my journey has been um pretty windy as mm-hmm. all of ours are right yeah, of course. um so yeah I actually have had um a very windy journey as all of us have in our lives mm-hmm. um I started on Instagram as a family film photographer and that morphed into creating a large um, photography conference, which I co-founded with a good friend of mine. Um, it's called Photo Native. I did that for about four years. During that time, um, I started homeschooling my two daughters who were then in kindergarten and the first year of preschool. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, ever thought I would be a homeschooler. That was not in my plans at all. In fact, I thought people who homeschooled were like, I just didn't understand like why anybody would want to do that. To be honest, I I, I don't get it either. And this is part of the reason I'm so excited to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I had a lot of misconceptions as I think a lot of people do, which is fairly common. Um, I had a lot of fear and we started homeschooling and... Uh, it became just this incredible blessing and gift in our lives. It's just a whole new world, an entirely different lifestyle and paradigm shift. And it was really, really wonderful. After about two years, just randomly one day, my girls started talking to me about wanting to do public school. Um, And so it's always been really important to me that they feel ownership over their education and their lives and their choices. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about them and what they want. And so we weighed the pros and cons of both. And ultimately, they decided that they wanted to try public school. So they have been doing public school all during this 2019, 2020 school year. It's been a really amazing experience. They've really, really enjoyed it. And about, so so then during all of this, yeah, of course. about a year <laughs> and a half ago, I decided to stop doing the photography conference. Okay. And was just kind of 
looking for other avenues of creativity, um, what to do next. I developed a family video course that I sell online that was really fun to do and has been really great for my family and for others as well. And what is that called if people were to look it up? So that, yes, that is called, the course's name is called Family Films with Sam and it's just on my website. Yeah, it just teaches you how to use all the little video clips on your phone and to create really beautiful, meaningful family films out of those instead of just, you know, collecting dust on your camera roll. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so the girls are in public school. They're loving it. My background as far as education, I have a master's degree in art therapy counseling. So Wonder School, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but from following around, you have kind of come up with this idea in the last week because of the situation we're all in, in quarantine uh, all over North America, all over Europe, and it's getting released on Monday. So is this kind of like a homeschool curriculum that people can take a look at? Can you kind of explain to us what exactly it is? Yeah, for sure. So what it is, is I call it not a homeschool curriculum, but a homeschool guide, because curriculums are um, generally tend to be much more strict rigid in some ways, like you do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, and this, and this, and this. Right. Um, this is a guide because I want people to be able to have just built-in flexibility and customization to make it their own. Because a huge part of homeschooling and having it be successful is being able to make it your own and to right. work with your family. And every family has different needs. Every kid has different needs. And especially during this really unique time um, in our country, in the world, where we're social distancing, we're quarantined, like there's going to be considerations for that as well. Right. And as part of that, there's also a community that goes along with the guides. So you can have support, you can have connection, your kids can feel like they're a part of something bigger that they belong to and that they're connected to. Right. That's awesome. So you are a more creative person than me and Shane in regards to activities for kids. Like Lucy found a Russian doll today, played with it Uh for two hours and we couldn't have been more thrilled that it kept her, you know, just engaged for so long. It was so easy. We didn't have to do much and we just kind of sat there. Shane made mommy and baby voices and that Mm. was great. But we can't do that every day. We run out of ideas so what are so you have two kids one of them whose name is goldie which is one of my favorite names what what is that short for is it short for anything or is it just goldie no that's just her name yes i love it so much that's always been uh, a favorite on my list uh so i thought I, i had to tell you that at some point but for your family what have been maybe your go-to activities during this period of quarantine because i need to steal some ideas Sure. Yeah. So I actually have three kids. Um, Hero is seven, almost eight. Goldie will be turning um, six this summer. And then Shepard is our little toddler. He's two and a half. Okay. So Um, close close to our daughter, Lucy. She's almost two. So this is going to be, yeah, yeah, this is definitely the route we need to be going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, and this is, that time is exactly when I started homeschooling and it's a really, really fun time to be doing this. A couple of things that we do, I am, I am all about biggest bang for your buck activities where I don't have to do like any prep and that it's going to keep them occupied for a good amount of time um, and it's going to foster their imagination. And then also where the cleanup isn't a nightmare. 
Yeah, that's huge. Um, we, we don't paint at my house like my for that reason. Of, like requirements for activities. The one thing that I talk about on my Instagram a lot is called an art cart. Um, this is probably more applicable to kids a little bit older than toddlers, but I mm-hmm. definitely have suggestions for toddlers as well that I can mention. Yeah. But what an art cart is, is a little art station. I like ours to have drawers that can close because we do have a toddler. And I fill it with just your basic art supplies, but also kind of fun and intriguing supplies like pom-poms and popsicle sticks and pipe cleaners and feathers and buttons in little plastic baggies. And then it's somewhere in our house where my older girls can access it really easily and engage with it and play with it. And my kids have always been very creative. They love doing art, art art-related activities. But since having the art cart, the time that they spend just creating freely has just like shot through the roof. So when they want something to do, they aren't coming to me and saying, can we watch a show? They're just going to the art cart and pulling out materials and just making whatever they want. I love that so much. And I like, I'm not an artistic person at all. So it's hard for me to come up with ideas like that. However, one thing that I did do recently is I taped a big piece of paper to the floor and Mm -hmm. I gave Lucy her crayons and I was hoping that she would just start, you know, drawing all over the paper so I could get some cooking done. But she wasn't really into it. So what's a way mm-hmm. that I could kind of get a toddler into the art scene? Yes. So crayon, especially, I think the issue there is that she doesn't have the fine motor skills yet. Right. To really use that crayon in the way she probably wants to. Oh, so yeah, she I sucks. would suggest. Yeah. Well, I would suggest is getting, um, they're called dot paint markers. Dot paint? Yes, I think that's what they're called. If you just Google dot paint markers, you would, they would, it would come up. Okay. But it's basically, they're thicker than an actual marker. So it's very easy for a toddler to like fist it. Okay. And then it has a really like round spongy tip with pigment in it. And so it's kind of just like a jumbo marker and it's not necessarily meant for like drawing with so much as it is for like stamping. So that's really good for toddlers because they can do like an up and down stamping motion and they can hold it in their little pudgy fingers and their fist. And like Shep, our youngest, really loves those those dot pink markers. See, that's so because I've just been buying more and more crayons. (laughs) because she uses them and obviously she doesn't hold them properly and she breaks them and everything and they go missing so I know I needed to do something differently because she likes to attempt to draw and she loves sidewalk chalk because you know it's Mm -hmm. really big and it's easy to hold yeah Uh, but yes no that's that's such a great suggestion so what yeah, else and they're great because they're washable as well so oh that's they get amazing over on all 50 things so yeah that is that's a huge part so what else could we be implementing in our homes to keep these kids busy um so as far as like activities especially for doctors you can do sensory bins which i know scares the crap out of a lot of parents it, i was totally there my best hack for a sensory bin and one that will keep a toddler engaged for a long time um, is a couple of things that you need to do in order to make it manageable. One is I have, um, it's called a gather mat, okay, um, which is basically just like a, a leather mat. It's kind of like a leather blanket. Right. Um, and you just put it down on the floor. 
Um, but really anything would work. Any kind of like blanket-ish situation that you could put on the floor and then put the sensory bin on top of. And if they want, they can pour out the whole, whole sensory bin on top of it. And then it keeps it contained. And right. when you clean it up, all you do is just fold that up and kind of make a funnel with it and then just pour it all in one shot back into the bin. We've done a lot of different sensory bins. We've done rice. We've done dry oatmeal. We've done sand. The best ones I found with the least mess and hassle to clean up are dry kidney, kidney beans and like little trucks. Or, you know, if your daughter, whatever your kid likes or is interested in. And then we have another one with just little rocks and pebbles. Okay. Which are really easy to clean up as well. So what what am I expecting her to do? So like I put a bunch of, you know, rocks and pebbles in the sensory bin. Mm -hmm. And then what? Like I just let her go at it? Yep. Whatever she wants to do. Okay, that's awesome. And then is yeah. there, if I was to use something, because like right now we have a ton of rice at our house. So if I was to use something like rice, it like do I put other things in it or just le- just the rice? You could do just the rice, but she's going to stay with it a lot longer if you have just, not tons, because like sometimes less is more with kids and toys. Okay. But if you put a bin of rice on top of some kind of mat Mm-hmm. Tell her that the rice has to stay on the mat and it might take her a little bit to learn how to do that and how to keep it on the mat and not, you know, want to throw it or anything like that. But if you can help her keep it contained, mm-hmm. she'll learn really quickly because she'll want to be, she'll want to be, to be able to do it. Right. And then throw a couple of toys, small toys, figures, cars, whatever in there. Another thing you can do is give her a little cup. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe two cups and show her how she can pour the rice back and forth between the two cups or like pour the rice in such a way that it makes like a little mountain or like a little hill, you know, yeah. and then she can put, you know, her finger through the hill or whatever. Um, just showing her different ways to explore. But you only have to do that for maybe like two minutes, honestly. And they will just do it on their own because kids are just naturally creative and inquisitive and they want to learn and that's how they learn by using their hands using their senses engaging with the world around them so one other thing that you talk about is kind of implementing real life skills during play mm-hmm. and i was wondering which like in which ways do you do this that other parents might be able to emulate um yeah so For example, this is just coming to mind. Um, My daughter, Hero, just got some new roller skates that she had saved up for for like a year and a half. They came yesterday and she's so excited for them. Mm -hmm. So I took her out today to practice her roller skating in a big empty parking lot. Nice. And she is someone who struggles sometimes with frustration tolerance skills, Mm -hmm. meaning that she can, if something isn't going the way she wants it to go, she can melt down pretty quickly. Right. So as we were learning and she's, I'm holding her hand and we're kind of walking back and forth through the parking lot. She's flailing and falling and I'm, you know, (laughs) holding her and keeping her safe. So she's not getting hurt, but it's not going exactly how she thought it would (laughs) go her first time. Right. Yeah. Uh, With that experience, like what we're doing there is essentially play Mm -hmm. where she's roller skating. She's learning how to roller skate and I could see that she's struggling. She's having a hard time. Yeah. So I'm using that moment right there to teach her, okay, what do we, what do we do when we struggle? What yeah. do we do when we fall? How do we manage 
stress. How do we manage frustration? So, for example, I told her, okay, let's take a deep breath in through our nose and out through our mouth. Mm-hmm. Every time we start another, like, cross, like, cross the parking lot. Yep. And then so she's doing that. Then she's, then she's going really good, and then she says, oh, but I just am not doing. And as soon as she starts saying something negative, she starts flailing. Right. So I paused her right there and said, okay, notice. Notice how well you are doing. And then as soon as your mind went towards that negativity, your body responded. Mm-hmm. And that's how powerful our thoughts are. That's awesome. That is such a good way to illustrate that. And she is, and it's so fun because when you do that and in the moment with them, it's like they're making connections and understanding mm-hmm. it on such a deeper level than if you were like, let's sit down and talk about stress management. <laughs> you know? No, yeah. Like being able to learn and live it right there, like they'll remember those moments forever. And it's showing them too that it's okay to take chances and to try and fail and oh, you can continue to work absolutely. at it. No, that's so right. great. Um, we're going to wrap up, but where can people find you and when can they get Wonder School and how? Yeah, so um, my Instagram account is Sam Kelly and it's just K-E-L-L-Y mm-hmm. underscore world. And my website is hellosamkelly.com. If they hop on my Instagram account, they'll see a post at the top of my feed about Wonder School. There's directions there of what they need to do in order to get it for free. It's super, super easy. It takes two seconds. Come Monday morning, I'll send out an email for everyone who has signed up. They will have uh, the guide and then along with the guide access to the community and everything will be doing that way as well. Awesome. So once they have a guide, they just read through it, decide for themselves when they want to start. Hopefully it's ASAP because we're just going to, you know, get going. Get into it. Yeah. And then we're just all going to do it together. That's so awesome. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate your time and all the best with Wonder School. This is so exciting. Hey, you're so welcome. Thanks again for reaching out. (laughs) Absolutely. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. So we've got some listener questions now uh, to finish off with. So we covered the one about nurses wearing N95 masks. There is another question saying, isolation and potty training. Any advice for the pooping side of things? Peeing has been okay emoji. So they're doing well with peeing. They want advice on the pooping. Honestly, we haven't had enough time to sit down and dedicate time to potty training. I'm going to need to take three days during this quarantine to just do it. Uh, We tried doing diaperless training, but again, we're out and about. Lucy's going to my parents' house and it's been tough. However, she is at the point where she tells us, poo-poo however half the time it's after she's already gone so it's just going to be getting on top of those cues reminding her to tell us when she before she goes and I think just the three days of being diaperless is what it's going to take for Lucy to get trained so we just need to find those three days of time that we feel or I feel comfortable not doing any work and kind of just focusing on loose poop so I would recommend that based on what I've read is just doing the three days diaperless. However, if anybody else has good suggestions, please send them in and I will be more than happy to post about them. More about lupus. Were you born with it? How did you get it? So 
I assume I'm born with it or I I don't really even understand that it didn't uh what do you call it when something comes out manifest yeah yeah it didn't manifest until I was about 23 maybe earlier and I just uh the symptoms were a little bit masked but I assume that it's in you when you're born because it is likely genetic but again the symptoms didn't manifest until I was in my early 20s so that happened you know I was in university I was had a terrible sleep schedule I was under a lot of stress I was working I was partying and I was maintaining good marks so that takes a lot of time awake doing things very little sleep and very little rest for your body so I wasn't treating myself the best that I could have and then that's when I had a really bad flare-up that led doctors to start diagnosing me which was it took about two years uh, and then once I was diagnosed it's been a lot easier because I know that I need to manage my body I need to get enough rest I need to eat healthfully and then I can still stay up late and party and have those fun nights but just maintain a really balanced lifestyle and then I can generally control things very well will you be getting a doula for this pregnancy no, because we're under quarantine. We can't see anybody. I don't want a doula in my house. I don't want, <laughs> not for that reason, a doula would be great, but. Uh, you weren't going to get a doula anyway. No, I. but I'm just saying even now, I don't think anybody can get a doula in North America. I don't, you know, I love the idea of doulas, but I think I'd benefit mostly from a doula after the birth of a child rather than before. Uh, the only people I want the only person I want in the room with me when I give birth is Shane anyway. And then leading up to that, I, for me, feel most confident just doing things on my own and taking things at my own pace. I don't do too well when I have so many people around me. So wouldn't do a doula anyway, but especially now, I don't think it's an option. Let's end this podcast hope that uh, the sound was okay, but this has been an educational podcast about education. So I hope you pick something up from your kids. Don't forget to tag me if you're doing something fun with your kids when you're stuck at home. Tag this family tree because I'm always looking for ideas. I know other people are always looking for ideas. And I'll repost everything. Thanks you for listening to this, this family, family tree, tree podcast, podcast, episode 32.